Hi, if I could take a moment of your time before we start. If you've enjoyed previous episodes or if you enjoy this episode, if you could subscribe on the platform that you listen to, that would be really helpful. It helps us get more guests and push the podcast forward. Thanks. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Car Chat. And with me today, I have Becky Evans, mm-hmm. or aka Queen B, ah, on yes. the social media. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Hello, Becky. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. And can you give a little bit of an explanation? So I, I guess from my point, I've come across you as a YouTuber, but that's mm-hmm. probably less so of what you necessarily do now. Mm-hmm. Um, can you give a little bit of an explanation of sort of who you are and what, what you do? Cool. So I'm Becky Evans. I'm 20, I was about to say 26, and I'm 27 now. Yeah, so I work, I used to work almost entirely on the internet with YouTube, that sort of thing. But now I'm sort of going more into a bit of TV and also uh, Red Bull TV. I've got a series on Red Bull TV, which I do, and live broadcast with them. I host a championship for them. And yeah, it's kind of, that is the way everything's evolved. But originally, you know, I was just a girl who really enjoyed her cars, has been doing it since I was a very young age. My parents were both into it and it's started, it's kind of an obsession that started when I was pretty much a bump in my mum's tummy, tummy, like most people do, you know, you go to stuff with your dad when you're younger and then that whole thing turns into highly modified Mark IV Golfs, sweet machine. Nice. And then uh, into the E21 and the E21, my BMW is a 1983. That was kind of my first serious like classic build when did you get that that was six years actually six years ago yesterday i bought that um i was 21 and it was a car that i wanted to you know with the mark IV, i was spending all this money investing all this money into it's never going to become a classic yeah yeah, yeah. mark IV golf's great platform but still and i just wanted to put my money into something which i thought would appreciate and also was just a bit cool you know like all the the modern classics or the 80s boxy shapes i wanted either a mark ii golf or something along those lines and then i saw a picture of my mum. she had a, a an e21 polaris silver e21 and i saw the picture of it and i was like dad what is that and he was like oh it's the first of the baby sharks it's um an e21 i was like let's go and have a look at them i want to go find one 
and then I ended up with red. Yeah. So for people that don't know what this car looks like, can mm-hmm. you give it? It's, it's a what? What year is it? It's like so it's 80s. A, yeah, it's a 1983. So it's the first of the three series. So when you think of what the three series looks like today, this was the very first one that they made, and they ran from 79 to 85 before obviously they went into what the, years your car uh, in 83. So, and then they went into E30. So the early, early ones don't have the same mirrors, I don't think. And then my one has the E30 mirrors on it because then obviously the cars started to evolve. Yeah. Yeah. In 85. uh, Yeah. The E30. Yeah. If you go onto Instagram, onto at Queen B, you'll find Mm -hmm. this really cool old BMW. Now I had no idea. I I I knew it was an old BMW. Mm -hmm. I didn't know exactly what it was, whether it was a five series, three series, whatever. And then I started looking at it and you said, oh, E, was it 21? 21. Yeah. And so I guess it's a similar generation to my old Porsche, actually. Yeah. Does it have a bunch of like mod cons? Uh, kind of. I mean, it's got no power steering. It's got no air con, anything like that. But it did have a radio. It had a tape deck in it, that nice. sort of thing. But have you kept that? No, I had to. Oh, this is what this is the again the evolution of me as a 21 year old to a 27 year old. It's got like a full on sub in there as oh, well. Nice. It's got serious, you know, six benigns all put into the original. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Um, but yeah, no, I, I did have it and I just changed a few little bits and that sort of thing. And did you get it? Did it look similar to it looks now when you got it, or is it completely? She was a completely stock car. I well, actually, it's a really nice story. I um saw it on eBay, classic story. You look at it and you're like. Why? What? It's quite cheap. It was up for, I think it was up for three thousand. It didn't make yeah. the reserve. And I messaged the person. It turns out it was a girl that owned it. And I said, "Babes, like you live in Dorset and I live in Coventry. It's a long old track." I said, "I'm coming with a trailer. Is it as good as it looks?" And she was like, "I promise you." So we drove all the way down there, got there, took one look at the car. And I'd looked at a couple of other ones. And the thing was, I didn't want a red one because, you know, all of the 80s cars or guards, red Porsches, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Mars, red, Mark twos, henna red. That was like a really popular color back then. I was like, I don't want a red car. I wanted either the gold, like Bahama beige or yeah. something, just something cool. And then I looked at the car and it was solid. And when I say solid, I mean like scuttle panels, sick, like everything underneath, like in the boot, uh, like everything was really good in the wheel well. Mm. And I was like, I'm gonna have to take it. <laughs> and you know the paint. The paint was all flat. There was just bits and bobs that needed doing to it. You know, there was a tiny, tiny little scab. You know where the water runs down uh, to the bottom of the windscreen. Yeah, N- really surface. But for those cars, that's that's great. I saw some of them which looked like they'd had their arches chewed off by yeah. a shark. So and took her home with me. I actually got her for two and a half thousand pounds, which Deal. at the time was like all the money I had in the world. Yeah. And my dad was like, don't buy the car, don't buy the car. And I was like, why? And then it turns out that when he was fixing something on my mum's car, the spring had basically slipped and almost cut the top of my dad's finger off. So he was just like, I hate them. And I was like, it'll be fine. It will be fine. Promise you. And he's like, oh, you know, and then I brought it home. And by that point, I'd already looked at the car and I knew what I wanted to do with it. Yeah, yeah. I had the vision of like this just sort of super slick, like BBS RS is like classic motorsport wheels on there, slammed the old school louvers on the back and, you know, the interior in it. I'd already seen the seats that I wanted in it. So it's got the RS2000 fishnet Recaros, which had then been retrimmed, which is another story because that was a complete faff, but retrimmed to match the original Pergamon uh, corduroy interior yeah. of, the, of the car. It's real nerdy, but it's like, the thing is just, it's my baby. It's my first child. Yeah. Knowing nothing about it, the first time I saw it, I was like, that's just cool. Like, it's it's cool. And yeah. whether you like modern stuff, old stuff, whatever, yeah. it's a cool looking car. Yeah. 
<laughs> what, were your, what were your friends driving at the same time? Oh God, like, like Z-Tex, Fiestas, yeah. that sort of thing. And, you know, like, it's difficult. Unless you're kind of a car person, all my mates, like the girls were just like, what are you doing, pal? Yeah, yeah. But then when they saw the car, they were like, they just, they knew immediately. They were like, okay, this is actually really sick, Beck. Like, yeah. And it just ha- it's nice when I drive it around because it doesn't matter, again, as you said, whether you're young, old, into cars, not into cars, it just makes people smile because it is just that classic, like, boxy, like, boxy 80s shape. It's yeah, just... and you've given it some serious style. Like, mm. it's lowered down mm. on the BBSs and stuff. And it does look... Yeah, I mean, the air ride was... People were, again, questioning me about that. But if any of you guys who've modified cars have been through that whole situation of static static life yo Mm. and it was like the bigger your balls the lower you were so like my first car we cut the anti-roll bar off it put tolo tolo polo top mounts in it what else did we do like cut the bump stops off lowered the springs all the way down to the bottom like it rode like shit (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and we were going to raise the strut uh, like strut towers as well to get it even lower to with the camber yeah it rode like crap. It did like CV joints, drive shafts. I've like, my dad tells the story. He's just, I'd ring him and be like, dad, I'm on the chevrons of the A46 and the, the CV joints just gone again. <laughs> and he was like, and I, and I was like, yeah, but it looks sick, dad. It looks sick. <laughs> it looks and, I, well and, sick. I, and then I put these, right, again, static life. Yo, it makes me laugh now because I bought these wheels for the, um, for the Mark IV and they were quad plated chrome. First of all, 19 by 9s, 19 by 10s. And on the Mark IV, it's not independent rear suspension. It's okay. swing beam. So the entire back of the car just comes down as one. Yeah. So, And I was like, yeah, but dad, like, if you if it rubs so much that it rubs all the tire marks off it, though it had no writing, so completely smooth yeah. on the outside of the tire. I was like, that means you're balling. <laughs> he was like, but you're going to die? And I was like, yeah, but dad, it's sick. <laughs> anyway, that, but that point, I got over that at 21 because I was like, I can't drive it anywhere. Yeah. People get really pissed off with me me because you know i'm doing that whole weave over the over oh, the right, yeah. and there was also there was also a 280 momo steering wheel in there so it was like a little mario yeah car. yeah i was over it i wanted the flexibility of having a low car and then also being able to have it a standard ride height then in comes airlift airlift performance they we did a, a custom setup with with them and then yeah bagged the car and it was a dream because you can get your mates in the back doesn't matter just raise it up if you take it somewhere dodgy like whatever and then just slam it when you want to drive it around i think the first time i saw a car on air ride in the flesh it was like a random petrol station someone in a i think it was an a3 sick just like drove in slammed it down Mm -mm. filled out with fuel popped back up and drove off and, I, and at the time i was definitely into more into like sports cars and all sorts of stuff mm. and i was still like oh but that's quite cool yeah <laughs> yeah like and there's this certain amount of like child like, even now i'm like i'm 27 yeah. 30 the only thing that i've changed on the car which sort of has brought me out of that phase is i did have nine inch uh, on the back eight yeah eights on the front nines on the back so i've now made it uniform they're eights all round okay, it was yeah. like a serious stagger because it was like a, a two and a half no three inch lip on the back so it really like cambered in loads okay, yeah. and <laughs> it just and it looked ridiculous like you're following yeah, it it looks like, like it's right yeah, broken, yeah. That, i get that all the time it's like is it broken it's like oh. It just looks cool. I don't know. It like does, it I just, does look cool. It's gangster. Like I, I've just always <laughs> thought that, and I'll never lose that part yeah. of me. Like no matter what car I drive, and I've been really lucky in my career to drive loads of cars. Old like red just still just does it for me every time. Like and every time I, I still drive it through the summer pretty much daily, and just enjoy it for what it is. She lives in Shoreditch. And it just fits in. Do you have is 
Is, do you have another car? Or is that I do have Nissan S15. That's a drift car. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I'm in the process of looking for my next daily, although I've pretty much found it. I know what I'm going to get. It's going to be probably an F80 M3. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Good or car. an X-Class truck. I don't know. I really want to. Tra- <laughs> I mean, this is the thing. It's like, you know, when you know what it's like when you're looking for a car, you go from the like ridiculous to the sublime. Like yeah. at one point I was looking at G- like GT3s and I was like, no, no, like just yeah. get something that you already have the stress of the drift car and the classic car. Yeah. So I like, don't get something which is going to cause you even more stress. Yeah. You want something that just starts and yeah, does, yeah. does the stuff you need it to do. Yeah. I want you to go sideways. <laughs> done. I want you to go low. Done. Yeah. Drive. Right, we'll get back to the S15 in a bit. Yeah. So can you tell me your sort of journey to being a presenter for a mm. Red Bull Drift Series? Yeah, God. Um, it's all a bit mad because when you think about it, my timeline of events with the internet and even being here in London, I moved to London when I was 23. 2016 it was the January 2016 I moved down here. I started working in fashion PR, which was... Not where I needed, not not where I should have been because I was good at, I was like, what am I good at? Okay, I'm good at talking. I'm good at like creative pitches. I've worked with a few streetwear brands, that sort of thing back in Birmingham. And I was like, all right, cool. All right, just try fashion. Just try PR. This will be great. You know, Inland's Me, like proper green from Cov in a fashion, beauty, lifestyle, luxury PR agency. Slot right in. No. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it, it was hilarious because it taught me loads. It taught me a lot. But it would just, you know, looking back, I used, you know, I, I learned loads, but it just, what well, they weren't my people. Do you know, mm. like, I don't get that bothered about how many berries there are on the compot. And this is, you know, if you've talked to a PR bird before, like this is, that's a thing. Like yeah. the, all of these little things and, you know, office politics. I When a, an email gets sent around, like my first thing to do was like pop up like a meerkat. Like what? <laughs> you don't do that, apparently. Like, uh, yeah, apparently not. It's not, it's not, it's not a thing. Um, so then... Uh, that was 2016. In the April of 2016, I was obviously working in PR, working with loads of influencers constantly. And I was like, this space is exploding. I was watching print regress and influencers move forwards. Yeah. And I already had like an organic like following in my pocket. I think I was on like 20,000 or something on Instagram because people just like the car blew up. Like mm. when they brought the E21 out and I sort of mixed it with the streetwear vibe and I was working for Carhartt at the time yeah. back then. And it was just this whole thing. It was like, it was a vibe and I was going to loads of shows and I used it as a show car for ages. I was like, okay, YouTube, let's give it a bash and see what happens really. And uh, yeah, just kind of, it just... It was, it was obviously, I thought there's a space here. There's not a female, there's not really a female voice here. Yeah. And still aren't many, still aren't many. No. And I, I just, I just, and I saw this type of content that was being made and I was like, this doesn't speak to me. So I was like, let's just make content that speaks to me. It was yeah. always, it sounds a bit selfish really now I say it out loud, but it was, uh, I was like, okay, cool. Let's do something that I would watch, but, yeah. or like, I think fun or like, I can be a reprobate. It's fine. Like we'll do this. <laughs> and yeah, it just grew. And then that was 2017, 2016, 2017. 2017, I quit my job because things had started to move nicely. And then I started moonlighting, doing like, because I, I hate my job, so I quit it. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm either going to, you know, it's bust, you just get on with it, basically. Mm. It's like you're either going to do or die. So I, I, I went full into that and then just moonlighted, picked up a load of like virtual PAing jobs on Gumtree just yeah. to keep myself afloat. I was like, I need to make X amount a month. So I'll just. Okay, I'll just message a few people. But like, yeah. I can do this. I can virtual PA for you. So that's how I kept myself alive in that time. 
And then the, the jobs just started, like things started to gain a bit of traction here and there. And I went to Goodwood and uh, there was an opportunity to go in the Camas truck with Red Bull. Just like talking to him, I had a great crack. You know, I was just like buzzing. I was like, I got put in a Ferrari at the same time as well. And it was really bad because I was like, okay, cool. Like 650 horsepower, yeah. like Ferrari GTC4 Lusso, sick. But you could see it in my face. I was like, this is great. Yeah. But the Camaz truck was such a lull. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. It was like launching us around the corner, all that sort of thing. And I was going nuts in the car in my videos. And then it's like, could have, might as well have played lift music yeah. while I was in the Ferrari. Yeah. It's an amazing car, but just coming from that to that, it was just, yeah, anyway. It wasn't exciting to you. No. And then they, they sort of contacted me and said, oh, we've got this opportunity. Would you like to, would you like to go to the Wales GB rally? And I was like, yeah, sick. Sounds good. And they were like, yeah, you know, caveat to that. Do you want to sit next to Sebastian Ogier in uh, in his car and do a couple of the test stages? And I was like, Yeah, like of course I do, you know. And I made this video called um, "How to Make a Girl Fall in Love in One WRC Stage," right. and it blew. Do you know what I mean? I think it's yeah. on like half a million views or something like that. Nice. And it was just it was just a sick video. I, I looked like a nutter running around this forest with my hair like frizzy and just like. Ah, like, and I was so like blown away by being in the car with him. I could barely talk. I was like, he's incredible, in- mm. most incredible driver I've ever sat next to. Sorry, James. And it's, uh, I, and then yeah, I did that, and I just got on with them, and and then they were like, oh, we're we're going to be doing some stuff in drifting. Like, how do you, what do you think of this? I'll be completely honest with you, Sam. I had no idea the weight of the project. I mm. was like, okay, this sounds cool. Yes, yeah, all right, we'll do this. And then only when I got about three quarters of the way through the filming, I was like, so where is this going? And they were like, yeah, it's, it's a series on Red Bull TV. I was like, what? Like, yeah, this, what was the title of that series? Drift Queen. Drift Queen, yeah. yeah. Season one. And, and I was like, whoa. Yeah, I didn't realise how big, I just thought, this is the way with any of these jobs. I don't go into it thinking oh, this is going to be great for my profile or whatever. I was like, this just sounds sick. This is something that I want to do. Have a good laugh. And because I, the whole YouTube thing for me was, I didn't go into it with the mindset of like, okay, this is a business. I'm going to make loads of money. It was like, I love cars. I wanted to race when I was younger. Couldn't, I didn't, we never had the money to go from junior to senior racing. I did a bit of go-karting and drag racing, that sort of thing. So this is the best way for me to stay around the industry and just get to experience it. So yeah, and then, and then, yeah, just the Drift Queen thing was just crazy. I was, Can you explain to the audience what this yeah. was? Because I remember seeing it and just being like, just, just like, oh, wow. Oh, oh, wow. You've, you've got a series on Red Bull. <laughs> I think this I did the same thing. It is legit. <laughs> yeah. And it, that was, I mean, the, the series, just a quick synopsis on the series was, you know, I, I'm, you know, car YouTuber, like, what is drifting? I, I always wanted to go back into grassroots competition. Like mm. drifting is one of the last accessible sort of sports because you can do it at a real grassroots level. Yeah. Let's explore this. So we went to, you know, went to Garage D, looked at a car. I was going to buy a car and build it up. That was the whole premise of the series. And went to Japan, went to LA. Japan's where obviously it all started with the Toge roads and it's all you know deep in mysticism out there and it's mm. just really cool formula drift Driving japan tofu and around and all that. exactly <laughs> uh i was at the soapbox in japan about four days ago it's mental awesome. yeah and then and then we go to la where obviously formula drift is is huge over there it's a really massive sport and then back to the uk where it's like it's very much a a family sport like there's the it's, it's got a huge presence basically and it's growing all the time so in the first series yeah that was the the theory and then you know amazingly 
the best thing about that came out the back of that series was the fact that you know, normal female demographic watching Red Bull contents one to two percent mm. came out the back of Drift Queen. It was fifteen percent female watching well, that series, them, which yeah. is huge. You know, and that was that's what I was most happy about because I was like, I just don't think there's that much female centric motorsport content out there, but not in a contrived way. Like I'm a female doing this. It's just it's just it's just a bird doing the thing yeah. like anyone else would be doing, and that's always been my mantra. It's just like just crack on, you know. It's yeah. not even mentioned the fact that I got a pair of tits. It's just, it just is, you know, <laughs> woke up like this. And yeah, now we've just, I've finished filming season two and it's coming out in 13 days. Oh, awesome. Yeah. We're back, back on it. And this one, that one was theory. This one's definitely practice. So we stayed in the UK and Ireland and I'm not going to give the game away, but it was the most intense sort of 12 week period of my life over this summer, trying to balance everything because obviously I had Drift Masters and Drift Queen and then everything else and social like around mm. it and yeah it was it was huge but the, the car looks insane it looks so good yeah so you have you've now got an s15 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. can you explain what an s15 is for someone that doesn't know so an s15 japanese model code <laughs> so it's the, the s chassis so it's a real drive it's a 2000 model it's called a nissan silvia s15 yeah. and it's sort of part of the jdm market japanese domestic market and they really, they are probably like one of the premier chassis that people use in drifting. So S13, 14, 15, yeah. 180s, that sort of thing. And yeah, basically, it's like a two-door coupe, rear-wheel drive. And it's been highly modified now. I mean, it's got a two-way diff in it, bigger turbos, bigger injectors. Uh, what else have I done? Hydro handbrake. You're still using the same engine. Yes, yeah, still a stock SR, but we've just uh, upgraded the externals. Mm. I will go internal. Eventually, I'd love to put a 2J in it, but that's another uh, a load of money yeah. you know what i mean how did you how did that work with getting that car together was it is it to do was it through red bull no, or you separately contacted different people how did that work so we worked with a with a company called garage d which are based down in berkhamstead yeah. and uh yeah they're they're very much they're kind of the ogs on the scene and the japanese like um you know supplying japanese parts so they basically have everything that you could possibly yeah. want it's kind of like an aladdin's cave in there of engines and gearboxes and just stuff nissan bits exactly no honestly if you watch the series you walk in and you're like whoa yeah. like it's like a hoarder's paradise if you're into that sort of thing and um yeah like we've worked with them and just explain what what i wanted to do and he just basically he taught me along the way as well because it's been a long time since i've actually got stuck into a car and you know turned a spanner yeah so I was part of that process as well and it's a very simple setup like in the car itself like it's not heavily heavily modified it's got a six point cage in it now two way it's basically if you want to get a car to dip, d- drift take any old e36 compact weld the diff up and you, you're on your yeah. way basically that was the first modification that we did we did a two-way diff in it and then a bit of extra lock on the front so you have more movement yeah and then okay. yeah basically yeah that's that's what we got on that. That's what gets you going. Yeah. It's a, I remember I did a a day drifting with a company called Learn to Drift. Learn to Drift. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Down in Rockingham. Uh, Rockingham. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> were you in an IS two hundred by any chance? Uh, that was one of one of the cars. The shit out of it. Um, the IS two hundred. You had no power. No. And you just had to go for it. Yeah. And then they also had some S. 14 mm-hmm. or something yeah, yeah, like that probably an S14. Um, and that had way more torque and yeah. way more power mm-hmm. i think it was super interesting mm-hmm. that yes you could drift them both mm-hmm. 
But one of them was really easy to drift. Yep. And one was really hard and delicate. Yep. But both were equally fun. Mm-hmm. And it and you didn't neither of those cars had tons of power. Nope. And they just had welded diffs. Yep. A cage. They didn't have any more lock than standard, mm-hmm. which you ran into. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Rotated around oh, of quite course, a lot. Yeah. Once you once you hit the end of the lock, you're just like, whoa, see ya. But that was one of the one of the funnest days I've had in a car just sliding around. Yep. And in a shitbox. Essentially, yeah. It was wicked. Exactly. And that's why I think that is why drifting has got such huge appeal because it is, as you say, it's easy is I'm not gonna say easy to get into competitive drifting, but you know, it's the barriers to entry are lower for you to go out and have a sick day with your mates. Yeah. You could, you know, an old E36, as I said, a compact, something like that. Like, you can have so much fun in it. And when you actually break down, like, racing cars, things like that, what is the number one thing that everyone likes to do? It's a donut. It's a power slide. (laughs) Every driver, they're like, whoa, they're doing a donut, you know. And and that's essentially, like, the core concepts of of drifting. It's like making a car go sideways. It's like every petrol head loves it. And imagine getting to do that, and then you start, you know, you're learning to, you start with your donuts, anti-clockwise, clockwise, and then you go into figure of, figure of eights once you start to work out your transitions, your weight transitions, that sort of thing, to then linking an entire track. And you feel like a baller when you manage to you link do. an entire track. Add a handbrake in there, you feel like Superman. <laughs> Honestly, it just, because I didn't know that much about drifting before I started the project, and then I fell in love with it, and I understood it, because I was like, oh, this is actually amazing fun. And then from that moment on, it's just grown and grown. And now, yeah. It's... Are you now, you must be super, super into drifting. Well, it's it's steadily become my life, weirdly. Yeah. You know, it went from like, okay, what is this thing to, um, I host a championship on a live broadcast. <laughs> yeah. Like I have a series on, on Red Bull TV. I have a drift car. And, you know, my other half is a drifter as well. So it's like yeah. mental. That's it. That's you're yeah. You're in there. Yeah. What's it like being... A presenter was that a weird thing transition was that tr- that must have been tricky at the start it was i've you know in some ways it's, it's a good way and a bad way i've learned everything on screen so i can go back and watch like my first my first things like from my first video to my first live show yeah and 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 see the great thing is being able to see the pro- progression uh but it's a baptism of fire for sure there's a part of your brain that's just like okay you have to switch it off and just be like just go for it yeah it was it was difficult but I do understand why people are doing it. Originally, presenters were trained. They're trained talkers to talk about a subject, but they don't know the depths of the subject, but they're good at talking. Now people are looking for someone who knows the subject. And you can be trained to talk, but you can't learn everything that you need to learn in that time frame to be yeah. to present that job. Do you know you what I mean? You can't swat up the night before exactly. to be an in-depth fan for exactly. five years. Like- exactly. But I think I, my career is I wake up every day and I'm like, holy shit, how did this happen? <laughs> I Honestly, I do. Like, I'm so grateful and I'm enjoying it. That's the thing. And I, I enjoy it so much. But I'm, I just, I do wake up some days and I'm on this crazy journey that it keeps unfolding every week. Like the, a job comes up. And I think there's the only thing that I, I would ever say is just when an opportunity is given to you, just think, say yes and think about it later, how to do it later. Yeah. Yeah. Work it out. As you go. Exactly. Live broadcast. And we're live. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You just got to go with it. Yeah. So Red Bull Driftmasters. Mm -hmm. I don't really know much about the series. What is the series? Obviously, it's a series sponsored by Red Bull. But is it a European European, series? So that means how long is it? How many events are there? Six events. So, and is that 
There's Ap- obviously a season. April to September. So you, in that time, you're then traveling around yep. Europe quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And it, at each event, are you, in, are you there for a while? I'm or there. you just fly in on the Friday or how does it work? So I'll be there for about, it can be up to five to six days because now also on top of that, Red Bull Motorsports were like, do you mind doing this like extra content project with us and doing uh, a motorsports blog as well? So I'll be there. Um, I'll probably fly in. The, the event will be on the Sunday or the Saturday. Yeah. I'll probably fly in on the Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, you know, setup day, Thursday, we're just prepping everything, starting to film the VTs. So we, you know, we do like track walks and stuff to put into the live yeah. show. So start filming the VTs. Like I help produce them now because it's like my producers running around doing stuff mm. and I can handle like bits of the show myself. So we'll be doing that and then we'll be filming for the motorsports vlog or maybe like the Thursday on the Friday or something. And then Saturday is qualifying and that sort of stuff. Or we tend to, a couple of events we have quite Saturday qualifying, Sunday event. But some of them it's qualifying top 30, like qualifying top 32, 16 finals all in one day. Mm. So it's a fairly... <laughs> Full on. Yeah, it is. It is, it is. But it's great fun. Yeah. I, I've absolutely loved this season. It sounds awesome. It's good fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, working with Red Bull, does mm-hmm. that mean you get to do a bunch of other Red Bull related events and things because of that? Depends, really. I mean, obviously, you, there's a few of us, there's, I don't know how many presenters there are sort of within, I just know that I do, I, I mainly stick around sort of the drifting area, mm. that, that's my arena now um but yeah like obviously there's there's other bits and bobs going on depends on on where you are in the world and what they're up to like it's yeah again it's one of those things where it's like you never know what's gonna pop up in your inbox yeah you might be blighting through someone's garden at goodwood in a truck (laughs) well exactly that's great where's the coolest place you've been with that probably japan yeah like uh when we went to japan and um, I mean, I, I mean, what I've done, I think it's 13 countries this year. So it's like solid. Yeah, we've been moving around a lot and just sort of seeing the different, you know, the different cultures around drifting. And but I think I think Japan was fairly cool. But I love L.A. as well. Like, I mean, I, I, I go back out there on Sunday mm. because it's just huge. It's it's it's. You know, you know what the states is like when it comes to big engines yeah, and, yeah. and drifting, and it's like rah, horsepower, and and it's huge over there. They can get to like twenty thousand spectators at an, at an event, so there's a massive buzz there. And yeah, they've just taken it to the next level, and the driving standards out there are, are crazy. And yeah, I think, but Japan for me was was cool because it's just such a a culture thing, you know, like Formula D and initial d like these like old these this dates back to the 70s mm. like these are these like super cool like old school dudes like drifting their old corollas and a86s and all of this stuff and that just fascinates me because i like, we think we're hot shit now like we're <laughs> we're, we're like we're the noobs we're the noobs basically yeah. like and when you meet like a you know, there's a guy there's a garage can't remember where but it's called br and this guy's like this old school builder, like, and he's just got sick stuff everywhere. You know what I mean? And he's like, you can't speak any English to him, but you can sort of talk in hand signals and, and this sort of thing. And he's, he's sort of explaining, showing me pictures and how he just used to rip. Like, and it's, yeah. it's just great. I love it. It does sound cool. I hear loads of stories about people, you know, going over to Japan for a couple of weeks just to drift, mm-hmm. and whether they buy a car out there or they ship their car over or whatever. And it sounds like a really cool scene. It sounds like over there, because it's been around for so long, there's mm-hmm. so many more dedicated places for drifting. Because I yeah. don't feel like we have mm-hmm. that many no, not around, in the really, U- in the UK at all. 
In the UK, we're, I mean, it's happening everywhere with tracks. It's like there's these great people that move into a house around two miles away from the track and then complain about the noise. So we're really limited in the UK. And drifting is particularly loud. It's particularly noisy. Yeah. And it's because it, it's it's tyre squeal, isn't it? Basically, you have that noise of... But yeah, no, we're we're getting really limited. I think Rockingham have like, because they use the car parks and stuff outside, I think they have... 12 or 14 noisy days a year yeah. i mean don't quote me on it but it's something like that they have a, they have a quota um but santa pod is kind of one of the last bastions of of being able to do the drifting and stuff but they have x amount of days a year as well yeah and then there's driftland up in driftland that, yeah sick as well driftland and then yeah i was gonna say drift limits but again they're on vegetable oil so don't count really. yeah yeah I, I went to to drift limits for yeah. a bit for yeah, yeah. mx5 around for a bit it was quite fun yeah, exactly <laughs> it's all good fun it does. It's it's one of those sports that really interests me because I like going sideways. Everyone mm. likes going sideways. Mm-hmm. And I, when I went and did that the day at Rockingham, my first question was, if I can do it in this car that has not a lot of grip, not mm. a lot of power, whatever, mm. is it the same as doing it in a car that has a ton of grip and more power? Mm. And like fundamentally, yes. Mm, fundamentally, yeah. Like stuff changes, but fundamentally, similar, same skills. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something that I find really difficult when I see, when I watch drifting, like yeah. pro high level drifting, is I don't really have an understanding of how good they are mm-hmm. at what they do. Because yeah. you've got two people who are fundamentally, it looks like they're doing pretty much the same thing. Yeah. We're all within feet and touching walls and not touching walls and yeah. stuff. And I find it difficult to understand the skill level yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. I guess as you, the more you get into it and probably yeah, the more yeah. you do it, mm-hmm. the bit I can't wrap my head around at all is how you drive with all the smoke. Yeah, well... Like, like you can't see. It's a leap of faith. <laughs> it is. I mean, uh, that's one of the things. I mean, what I was going to say to you there was, have you ever watched an onboard of a pro driver and everything that's involved in that? A in little that? bit, yeah. Yeah, like the onboards really denote what's going on in there because it looks it looks seamless from the outside you know it looks like it's almost like a dance but you know they're they're using you have like i think it's six tools obviously you have like you have like uh left foot brake you have accelerator you have clutch you have handbrake you have like uh weight transition steering everything and you're trying to use the right combination of these things all in that moment Mm. and that's where i think the the skill is because you're basically just trying to balance this car like balance the weight so perfectly without getting it wrong and everything's when you're doing it when you do your first drift at 80 miles an hour sideways everything's coming up real (laughs) fucking quick you know and these it's a lot of it's there's a lot of balls involved in it so much balls it's a lot i would say it is like you need big balls sometimes like i watch some of the pro drivers and i'm like like (laughs) But it, and it's, it's a step again in the States. And you were talking about how when they're next to each other. So this is the with with drifting. What's not really explained when you're looking at these two cars is there's a predetermined track. Right. Yeah. And there are clipping points and clipping zones which have been predetermined by the judges. Now, these cars, are, are it's almost like the cars. Well, the cars are trying to get the perfect line through these clipping zones. You're judged on your speed, your style, your line and your angles. So there's four criterias there. Hmm. And then you need to get your line perfect. Well, perfect, but as yeah. good as good as you can. That's the difference in the skill level in the drivers. And is perfect essentially clipping all the clipping points yeah. and pretty much touching the wall on the outside. Yeah, if there's a at, wall there, a, a yeah. max angle the well, entire time. 
Don't you? Angle is is a funny thing, like too much angle and you're basically rotating almost into a spin. So you need to regulate your angle at all times because then you have something, you have side grip and that sort of thing. But you need to keep the car moving and very fluid, not so, not so many corrections. Like, cor- okay. you know, if, you, if they can see, if you ever notice they have like one colored spoke on that, we oh, probably wouldn't, but that. they have a colored spoke. Oh. So that basically allows the judges to see how much correction that they're putting oh, okay. into, the, into their front wheels and that sort of thing. And also when they pull the handbrake, obviously the spoke will stop. Yeah. So they can see what you're doing well, inside the car without them a- actively being in there. Yeah. And yeah, the skill of the driver is being fluid, being consistent, having great speed, you know, good speed going into it. Because you can drift it. You can drift it as slow as you want if you just do second gear. And like, mm. Mm. like You can do that, but it's about your speed, your style, how aggressively you enter into the drift, like how you throw it in, whether you cl- whether you uh, clutch kick entry, whether you sort of mangy it a little bit, like launch it left and then launch it yeah. right, or whether you just pull the handbrake. Like it's, there's, there's it's different- one of those techniques seemed superior or just Uh, depends on the scenario whatever really i don't know i think you have to have a little bit more commitment if you're going to manage it because you're literally just throwing the car off yeah you're throwing the car off basically like you're just launching it left breaking the traction and then launching it back in whereas with a handbrake you can go in and you sort of it's it's almost a glide and you're feeding the wheel like when you handbrake you feed the wheel like and you're just letting the angle Mm. adjust whereas when you're manji you're just like what (laughs) yeah committing you're commit yeah you're fully committed and clutch kicks can uh they're quite interesting i would only do those at lower speed because obviously you're just that you're out everything's just released like yeah um but yeah i i I would say for me personally i would manji is fairly scary yeah (laughs) and at at pace at pace yeah yeah it's crazy i think the the first time i tried a hydraulic handbrake Mm -hmm. well the first thing i was realized it's like how fast you have to go Mm. you've got to be going faster fast. yeah <laughs> generally it, faster yeah 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 you have to you because you're you're always scrubbing the speed off so if you do it too slow then you're you're going to scrub off too much speed and then you almost just lose it do you know what i mean so you need yeah. to be entering your corner uh second to third gear so somewhere 50 60 miles an hour because then uh, all the time that that car is is on the handbrake you're just scrubbing off that speed and you're using it to yeah. adjust your line but yeah i mean the first time you it's a myth the first time you use it you're like what the yeah, yeah, yeah. you're like that you're like don't, ah! pull, like, don't press the clutch yeah, down yeah 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 yeah. oh my god yeah yeah honestly we've all been there i was i i get really annoyed when i get something wrong as well so and you get this you get some you know red mist yeah it's really easy to get red mist like drifting i yeah i remember when i was first learning i just was like what the fuck you know like so annoying but and then once it all starts to click and it's that perfect balance of steering input throttle input and you just all of the things yeah, balance yeah. balance is the key really yeah. yeah and i guess working over time with all those you whatever you're saying you're six six points of yeah, control yeah, yeah. to mm-hmm. get that car under and then you see someone who is insane at it yeah fly past 80 miles an hour and then like touch the tiniest bit of line on the inside and then all the way out and you're like oh yeah okay they're they're in control james dean obviously our our defending champion he I mean, I think he's got like 16 titles under his belt. He's mm. two-time, two-time American, five-time Irish, six-time European. Like, just no one touches him in in accolades, basically. Yeah. And the guy is 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 a again. I keep using that word myth because you just watch him go out there. He did a 99-point uh, qualifying run in FD, and then went out and did 100 points. <laughs> and everyone's just like, everyone's just everyone's just like, why am I here? <laughs> like. <laughs> 
He's, he's, his car control is incredible. He's like so dialed in. He yeah. just knows where the back end of the car is. He knows everything that's going on. Like he's incredible, like ridiculous. It is, it is cool to watch. I, I oh, love yeah. watching whenever it's normally like some promo video with it's Red yeah, Bull yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah, going yeah, up yeah. some sick road, yeah. fully lit, really fast. You know? yeah. It's impressive someone driving that up without going sideways, mm, but mm, sideways mm. just looks more fun and what? more impressive. Ken Block, Jim Carnifiles. Ken Block. Ken Block. Like he's using basic, not ba- I'm not going to say basic, I don't mean like basic at all with the, what he's doing, but it's the basic concepts, donuts, drifts, yeah. um, little mangies, little figures of eights, that sort of thing. But, you know, everyone loves it. Like, loves it, loves it. Like, <laughs> blows everyone's mind off. Like, it's it's crazy. But I can understand it because it just, visually, I think drifting is one of the, the most exciting things is to look at. It's the coolest thing you can see in a car. Yeah, 100%. I don't think there, there can't be anything cooler. No. Sliding is, is cooler than not sliding. Yeah. I mean, it's just, once you learn how to do it, you, you have to, like, put a real like dickhead parent lock on yourself because <laughs> as soon as you know how to do that it's just like it's real tempting but you know i don't do that by the way like, well, don't drift on the road yeah exactly <laughs> but you know it, it it's just cool it is it's really great fun did you find because if, if someone puts me in a car mm-hmm. and says i mean you've got some space or whatever and they're like go drift around that mm-hmm. corner it's the it's the sacking up and just going for it yeah but if i go for it i'm generally like that's okay the transition to going to driving let's say it's your car that you've never drifted anywhere mm-hmm. and they're like would you drift around that bit there and you're yeah a like, mm, little bit different or like it's a really expensive car and you're like Ooh. yeah now fundamentally it's the same fundamentally okay. but there's a lot more on the line <laughs> yeah i know i hear that they're just like oh you can drift like here's my uh mclaren or something and try and drift that and i'm like well apart from the car with the mechanic with the technology that's in it is going to scream no at you like i they gave me this uh last year i was in the states and they gave me a lamborghini hurricane Mm. and i was like right i'm going to turn everything off and they were like try and do donuts and i was like this is incredibly difficult like the you because it 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 just four wheel drive yeah oh yeah exactly you try and turn everything off and then it still just doesn't want to do it and it it just it kills the engine pretty much it's just like no and that means you have to up your commitment levels because you have to go at it faster and then just sort of try and launch it in. And at that point, you're just like, this is a 150,000 car, yeah. pound car and I don't really want to wreck it. <laughs> so, yeah, like now you just don't let yourself, I just don't let myself fall into that trap where I was like, go drift that. And I'm like, no. Yeah, because no. I just know my car is set up with extra lock, a diff. It's it's physically designed to like to to break traction. You can you can just clutch kick it and it starts to break traction. Yeah. So, yeah, I just I, I I keep it for yeah doing the fun stuff on the track. Then and then I guess if you've driven a hundred million cars and you've drifted a hundred million cars, mm. it's fine. But like you said, that thing about the traction control or whatever. I know if I'm driving, whether it's a car on track or whatever. If you f- get that feeling mm. that it's not doing mm. what you want it to do, mm. and it's like a an intervention point, mm. immediately you have to dial back. Yeah. Fifty yep, yep, percent yep, 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 because yep. you go. I don't know what it's going to do, mm-hmm. and when you don't know what it's going to do, yeah. it gets sketchy. Well, they always say you know, um, fortune favors the bold, but <laughs> I, I mean that doesn't necessarily work out all the time. I, I, <laughs> I you know, you drive a real eight, eight twelve super fast, for example, rear wheel drive, yeah. mental machine. Would I attempt to drift that? Would I bollocks? Like <laughs> with space, I would. Oh, I oh, guess with space, but. 
Yeah, I mean, it just terrifies That's it, me. just removing the solid object. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just, ter- it just terrifies <laughs> me because I'd be like, oh, okay, it's, it's, it's broken. All right, and we're like, oh, I'm going to But if, <laughs> if it's broken, yeah. <laughs> and also, the, they, those cars, they have all these different, you know, they have like the magnetic sensors and that sort of thing. I know when I drove the 488 GTB, it has a almost like a, it has a magnetic sort of sensor in it. I can't remember what it's called and people will probably crucify me for not knowing this, but... It has an it, e-diff, doesn't it? Yeah, and it sort of detects the angle that mm. it's off. And then if it no, if it thinks that you're you're round enough and then you can probably get out of it, it will give you the power to push yourself out of it. But if yeah. you go too far, it will just be like, no. But, you know, if you're going in big angle because you're Billy Big Bollocks, like, and then it cuts out halfway, it's like, what happens then? I'm just, yeah. <laughs> I just, like, self-eject at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Self-eject and get me on a plane away from here and the owner of said vehicle. Yeah, like, nope. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you do get you get a lot of people like whether they're race drivers or whatever mm. who who basically only drift other people's stuff. Yeah, and you're like fair. Like, fair if, enough. If people if you're getting someone to sign a waiver before you get in their yeah, car, yeah, yeah, that's the important thing. And then you're like, well, I reckon eighty five eighty five ninety percent of the time, I think I got this. So you got it. Yeah, it's a bit like the pill. Ninety nine percent effective against pregnancy. <laughs> Still that one percent. Like. Yeah. like I, I just think, yeah, if I, if I was a race car driver, I'd be like, right, where's the waiver? Where's this, where's that? But because I have my own drift car now, it's just a bit like I'd, I'd just be like, I'd, lads, I'll use the SFT. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just do it in my thing. Yeah. So at the end of the first series, yes. I don't want to give all the way about the no, new series, but I, I'm I, I guess I can it. make some assumptions. Like the end of the first series, that was you starting out drifting and yep. learning about it. Mm-hmm. And by the end, you could drift I a could bit. I could drift a bit. I didn't have a hydro in the car, put it that way. Um, did you have an angle kit by the end? Angle kit and a diff and yeah, just pretty much that actually. Yeah. Like bit of suspension, bit of brakes and uh, yeah, diff and angle. Yeah. How do people generally set up cars for drifting? Because the setup is very different to how you would have your car on the road generally. Mm. Mm. I mean, like what sort of well, level yeah, are what, we talking? Like, no, just all on, the way up to not race on car, like or... crazy, but like what would be some basic adjustments that someone might make? Not as in like how many clicks, but yeah, 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 yeah. to make a car more driftable. of a drift, driftable. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for fifteen dollars a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile. slash switch. Upfront payment of forty five dollars, equivalent to fifteen dollars per month, unlimited over forty gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at four eighty p. Active Mint customers by five thirty one twenty four get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May thirty first, twenty twenty four. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, well, you just have a little fly-off handbrake, something like that, like, and then just a welded diff or a two-way. And just, again, just a little bit of extra luck on the front. That's it. That's, all, that's all you need. Stiffen up the rear? No, you don't even really need to do that. Like, it's suspension. Yeah, you can you can stiffen it up a little bit, but if we're talking basic, basic, there you go. That's bang, it. Bang. You yeah. are ready to rock and roll. The, fun, the funniest thing, I remember driving, the first time I drove a car with a welded diff, mm-hmm. 
and we stopped, we parked it, and the yeah, guy was like, oh, just turn the lock all the way to the right. Yeah. And that's like putting the handbrake on. Yeah, correct. Like, yeah. What? Yeah. And then just because, because the back wheels don't move, the okay. car doesn't go anywhere. You're like, going anywhere. This is yeah. novel. Yeah. So you got to the end of season one. Mm-hmm. And then season two, I'm guessing, has been some sort of progression through drifting. Yeah. And to getting your car, maybe, to where it is now. Maybe comp ready. Who knows? Maybe comp ready. So you haven't done a competition yet. That would be telling, Sam. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> you never know, eh? Like, but I guess the, the logical yeah, yeah, expansion yeah, 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 of yeah. it is you would like to do some competing yeah. at some point in time. Yes. Have you done any practice? Have you been in any sort of drift competition yet? Uh, you know, uh, all signs may point to yes. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Non-confirmed. <laughs> what was it like the first time drifting, not even in a, not necessarily in a competition or whatever, yeah. with another car? scary as shit like (laughs) because although there's a part of me which gets like i'm like ever so slightly adhd and you get really excited in the car and all the rest of it like chasing someone down is loads of fun yeah because it's like it's like they say oh don't hit each other or whatever but you're getting so close to another car and like but doing it on grip is another it's just it's it's difficult you know and you're chasing someone and then you have the added thing of like their smoke trail you know what you were saying earlier about how there's so many different things which are involved in chase driving like it's a skill that's why it's more heavily awarded when you go into the battle uh, situation because it's it's, you're anticipating what that person's going to do and you have to drive accordingly to keep your proximity are most drivers somewhat predictable it if, really if, if depends. They're saying like you're reason you're a reasonably good drifter, and mm. this is the layout of the track. Yeah, there's, there's certain points where you would be transitioning. Oh and yeah, that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you get they're I, supposed to be following the qualifying line. So because you see the bit where like, someone's like on their door. Yeah, but also in front of the back of their cars. And so if they turn the other way, they're yeah. going to smack your car. Yeah. And then they pull back mm-hmm. as they swap over yeah. and then go back yeah. in. That, it's like, anticipation. Okay. Yeah. That is... <laughs> it's fairly mental. <laughs> and, it's, and, and I'll be honest with you, it's something that I'm still learning to master. Like it's, you just need, the, the biggest term that you'll hear with this is seat time, seat time, seat time, seat time. Yeah. And you, you just learn. It's like you get muscle memory and you start to anticipate where people are going to move. You can almost... It sounds weird. It becomes like a sixth sense. You see the car yeah. and you see the way he's and you're like, okay, so he's over there. So you know that he is going to flick and you're, you're just anticipating that. And then you can be here on a slightly shallower line. And when he hits, you can come in on, on mm. that line here and just sort of, yeah, initiate next to him basically. So it's, it's mad. And it, <laughs> even when I talk about it, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Sort of. Yeah, and then you just you go out and do it. You get so much adrenaline, though. You know, when you're when you're driving, and you just you're just, what's he going to do next? What's he going to do next? You know, it's it's. Do you think it's because they say a lot about like adrenaline junkie mm-hmm. people, and mm-hmm. then they did a lot of research into it, and actually, people that do crazy crazy stuff generally don't get a massive adrenaline spike. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the first time, like I did a, a fair bit of freestyle skiing when I was yeah, I've younger, seen some, yeah. and um, it was <laughs> one of those things like the first time you try a trick, yeah you get a massive adrenaline rush because you kind of think you're going to die. Like yeah, imagine yeah. the first time you rip the handbrake at 90 miles an hour. Yeah. You're, you're like, ugh. Yeah. But then after you've done it a thousand times, yeah. you get used to it. Yeah. So actually you're super zen. You're super zen. But that's the thing about drifting for me is like, you can't be super zen because in that situation, like you've done the trick, 
you know your starting speed, you know where you need to be, you know, you know what I mean? Like there's a yeah. certain amount of like, okay, I've been here before, you're, I'm retracing my steps, you know what's going to happen. Whereas in drifting, if you're chasing someone or you're leading, like it might not be the same situation because <laughs> you have no idea what that person's going to do. And the emotions and the, I, I speak to some of the drivers before they go out on track and they're like that. I can see their hands, yeah. like I can see physically see their chests like like on the start line because it, it causes you know you're on high alert it's it's mad and so much is on the line at that oh point yeah when you're competing you want to win you want to win it's head to head it's battles it has the same sort of effect that the battle situation whether it's a psychological thing it's one man against the next you know like and you are literally like, like do you get do you get quite big driver rivalries or not so much it's a very, very... Well, of course you get rivalries and that sort of thing, but it's completely different. People like, hate each other. No. No. I mean, obviously, the, there's always, like... With, a, with any group of people, you're yeah. going to get people that aren't pals, but I have physically watched a guy last week on the last round. He was number two in the championship. His friend, who was competing in uh, the championship the day before, he his car broke, and he was in a bid to win that championship, mm. the IDC. Dwayne McKeever gave his competition car that he to him to Alan Hines. Nice. Let him was like drive it, lad. And and but if he'd have smashed it into the wall, that's yeah. his championship gone. And that's what they're like. I've watched. I think it's amazing. I watch it in the pits. Like I don't know, someone's uh, broken something or bent something, and all of the team. Like what's the word that I'm trying to think of? It's not. It's you know when people competitors help competitors. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Like they will jump in to help each other because they all have this same mantra of they want a fight, not a forfeit. Yeah. No matter who you are, if they had you next battle and you were like, shit, I've like broken a rod or something like that. Or, you know, I need to, they'd be like, bang, here you go, lad, take it, go mm. run like, and get it sorted. Cause they want to fight. Cause you see, whenever I see people who've been to drift events or whatever stuff is, I imagine stuff must break oh, all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause it's one, either you hit stuff or, just everything is so stressed. stressed in those cars stressed, yeah and you are yeah clutch kicking yeah and like whatever. It's, it's, yeah it's aggressive <laughs> like it's an aggressive style of driving and they're using second and third gear and smashing it on the limiter mm. so yeah stuff does get broken and stuff gets bent and little taps to the wall here and there because it just happens you hit your opponent and you're gonna you're gonna start breaking and bending stuff i mean god yeah the last round because it had been raining we had cars like i think i think it broke a prop shaft like mm. just loads of stuff like going into the wall because of the rain not because it was raining that his prop shelf broke but it caused a situation where we had cars going sideways into the wall but then they were back out for the next yeah. round what sort of cars are people driving In yeah drift masters oh we have anything we have we have like e92 m3 chassis e46s but a lot of s chassis so s14 so, s13 so the sort of things you generally see at yeah, drifty yeah, 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 type yeah, yeah. events yeah of course yeah so i saw with I think Formula Drift. Yes. We've started seeing some really radical, yeah, different well, stuff. Yeah, well, we've got Federico Sharifo. He's in a Ferrari. I think it's a 599 GTO. I think it's a 599, Is yeah. it a GTO? Yeah, I think so. Federico. And then you obviously have the boys, the Worthhouse boys, own S15s, but like Rocket Bunnied. You have the two Mustang boys. So you have yeah. Vaughan Gitton Jr. and Chelsea Denofa. They're both running new Mustangs. Dean Carney, he's running a, a Viper. Yeah, they have like def they definitely have like a more of an array of chassis in the states. Because presumably, in my tiny experience of drifting a little bit, mm -hmm. different cars are better at drifting than others, mm. and therefore some cars are going to be even just like layout of car. Yes. Some cars are going to be easier yes. than others. Yes, but 
it seems like people are going out of their way to create something to cool. get something cool yeah. and tie in. Are you getting? Is there a lot more manufacturer support or coming in or? It's interesting. What I find interesting is BMW is one of the most popular chassis, but they will physically not have anything to do with it. They asked a car to take the emblem off the oh, car. lame. Yeah, but even though they use drifting in their adverts, it's very strange. But, you know, in the States, Toyota have a very big presence. Yeah. They have Freddie Asbo, who has a Corolla. He has a brand new Corolla, which originally was like a front wheel drive car. I'm pretty sure. I think I saw something yeah. about the build of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the guy who runs his team, Papadakis, I think he is. He's an amazing guy. He used to run a drag racing team back in the States. Very, very, very switched on. You know, and they've got the, I think there's going to be a new Supra. I think Daigo Saito's got a uh, Supra as well. The new Supra, the mm. A90 Supra. I think, I think Toyota's definitely in there, but on the whole, Ford, yeah, Ford. Ford and Ford and Toyota, I would say, would have the biggest presence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's cool. Like, because the amount of if you looked at sort of like YouTube as a whole, and the amount of car viewing eyeballs that go onto videos that involve drifting, yeah, it's got to be a large percentage. Yes, whether yeah. it's you know on one end you've got Chris Harris yeah. doing stuff in modern supercars and yeah. pretending to drive straight sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> he loves it. And then you've got side, you know Mad Mike or whatever yeah. drifting up some crazy road or oh, Lamborghini of course he's got a Lamborghini yeah he's well. got a Lamborghini I just forgot about that yeah, I was like oh yeah like interesting chassis oh, Lamborghini I, I watched his series about building that car and yeah. ran into that issue of all the systems just oh, yeah. shutting down mm-hmm. super sick yeah just, man it's just so cool seeing a Lamborghini doing its thing a Lamborghini doing its thing or whatever because you don't get to see any of that nowadays no. There's a guy in, um, I think he's in Dubai. I think his, his name's Sultan. He's got an Aston Martin. Mm. He's got an Aston Martin. That's definitely a drift machine as well. GTRs, you know. Does someone have a, a Mercilago? Like a rear wheel conversion Potentially. I haven't seen it personally, but oh, that, I think there, there could be. Somewhere like do you know that. what I mean? Like People are looking for more chassis to do stuff with. I think there was an R8 one, but again, that's you're, you're starting on the back foot because it's rear, it's rear-ended. So... Yeah. It's, it's to do with your weight dispersal. You want it over the front ready to keep the, the, the rear light. But, you know, uh, yeah, there's definitely more and more stuff popping up all the time. Yeah, I've not seen a, a, I'd a love Porsche. To, I'd love to do some mental build, like, eventually. Yeah. I don't know what I would do, but I'd do something cool. Yeah. Okay, on the spot, what car would you do? Oh, uh, well, so I, I knew you were going to ask Unlimited me that question. Unlimited budget. Unlimited budget. If I was going to do a drift car... Kind of ignoring how it might drive, if that was. Yeah, I mean, I would, I'd probably go down the old school route and yeah. do something like a Datsun T forty Z, or you yeah. know, if you had all the money in the world, but I wouldn't want to cut up a Hakasuka, you know, like an early yeah. Skyline, bad boy, like <laughs> wide body it. Oh my god, my all oh, my friends building. He's um, he's got an Audi Quattro. Oh sick! Yeah, he's making that. It's got four S fourteen running gear in it, like. Nice, crazy nice. but yeah i think i would do something probably you know like imagine like an old 65 mustang almost like mad max style yes some crazy engine in it like a 2j or i mean i do love ls cars like american muscle yeah. sound but i love ken blocks unicorn yeah who, what oh shit that is a 65 yeah, isn't it pretty much but definitely nicked drive, that but... in my own head i was like yeah uh, yeah i would but do unbelievably cool yeah very sierra or something you know like um Who's got a Sierra? actually a rally car type thing. Liam Duran. He's got one of those. Mm. There's just, yeah, there's so many options. Like you can just start pouring over things and I get really excited. <laughs> and then I'm like, rein it in, rein it in. Come on. What does, like, I have no idea how much a drift car costs to make. And I, I sort of imagine at this yeah. point in time, 
you can now pick a budget and yeah oh it's levels it. it it's levels but um if, if someone wants to get get started yeah relatively cheap because you can how much is it yeah i'd say what you 36 compact little compact something like that world yeah. of diff i reckon you'd be in for about three grand yeah Beautiful. with all your bits and stuff yeah you're done yeah 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 are there are there lots of events in the UK you can get involved in? The, not, you were saying there weren't that many places. There isn't but. that. There, I, I mean, there isn't. There isn't. I mean, again, I because I'm on the other side of it. I'm on the professional championship mm. side of things. Like I'm just used to seeing professional events, so it's like. Yeah. But I think that there's lots of they're called um, drift what you brung days at yeah, Santa yeah, Fod. Yeah. You can go and do that, and I know that uh, Rockingham's still doing a few bits and bobs, yeah. and I think there's days here and there. If you if you kind of have your ear to the ground, then you'll find them. You know. And then, so moving up the food chain, what are the levels mm-hmm. before you get to, what's the top? Top is FD. So FD. Formula Drift, yeah. And then where States. does it go? So, I mean, there's Formula Drift to Japan. So FD, yeah. FD States is the most watched, I would say. Yeah. Uh, but the then most heavily publicized. Though. Exactly. And then you have like FD Japan, which is a bit further afield. And then you have, there are actually some competitions running in Russia, but they're very Russian. As in like, they have so, they have enough people to fill their own, yeah. Uh, stadiums like yeah thing. do their own thing and yeah fd and then obviously dmec dmec is the premier european championship yeah. we have drivers from i think 13 13 nations even you know and in Oman as well there's the Oman uh championship which happens early on in the year and then below that you kind of have stuff like beat so drift cup which if i was to drive in i would drive in yeah. is the is the grassroots series which right. is then a feeder series to the bdc which is the british drift championship right. when you have a tr- license with that you can then go from bdc to dmac you so you can't just like wire warrior in yeah. as a noob and go straight into because there's a certain level of skill and trust that you need to, to yeah, drive you don't want with to smash these. up someone else's car well yeah exactly so yeah it's this feeder series so there's a license you get a drift license yeah well you can yeah you're credited yeah but, but I mean, how does that work i don't actually know if i'm completely honest <laughs> so i know i know do... formula drift you get a license you definitely have like a little license for it but i think for to go from b sorry drift cup to bdc i think you have to do like a licensing day or something like you have to be deemed apt or do you just have to get a certain number of points or no i think i think you i don't want to say too much because i don't actually you're know sure. but i think it Fair is enough. that you you're you're deemed apt or not but yeah. don't quote me on it guys you're not shit. I could be, yeah yeah you're not shit ish <laughs> yeah if you wanted to build a car mm-hmm. and run in what was the the bottom one drift cup drift cup yep for a season mm-hmm. do you, any idea how much that might cost i mean depending on it again like again it's like yeah okay minimum i think you 15 grand you could do it yeah because there's people in there and not like, yeah like um, and even then it's the only things the things that are going to cost you money are your safety safety stuff you know like you want a bit of extra lock you want a diff you want i mean my car's pushing 380 horsepower so it's not like loads yeah but you we've got cars in drift cup that have got like they're just almost stock engine e36s yeah. Um, but where your money's going to go is into your welding cage, like a, a six-point six cage, bucket seats, properly mounted, harnesses, safety gear, basically. And then, I guess, must be very similar to racing, yeah. tires. Tires. Tires and fuel. Tires, and tires fuel, transportation, yeah. that sort of thing. Your biggest disposables are tires, basically. Pretty cool. Yeah, man. I love it. It's, it it's, is it's a sick sport. And also, you know what? Like, out of our bunch that are online doing this stuff, I like having my own little thing. It's like I'm not immediately attributed to the to the others. It's like Becky has her own thing going on. It's mm. like I'm not like I, I love the guys, like they're great, but um, I always just wanted to sort of be in my own lane. 
because I couldn't ever keep up. I could never keep up with all the supercar stuff. I've never owned a supercar. I will one day own a supercar, but it's just that that's not my bag. Like yeah. Pete, that, it's that's not- that's covered. What you're super interested in, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's covered. And for a while, I was sort of doing content and thinking, "Oh, this is what I need to do. I need to go on these press trips and do this and do that." And I was like, "It was that's not it's not me, you know." Like I was, yeah. I grew up around modifying cars and and dicking around in cars, and, and now I get to do it professionally. It's great. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Do you are you still you, so you are still making videos on your YouTube yeah, yeah, channel? Yeah, 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 keeping her alive. Is that is that quite hard to fit in yeah. with your other schedule, or do you? It's quite stressful at times. <laughs> to yeah. Try and work it out. Well, the thing is, it's like I, I'm just. Somebody once told me they were like, "You're never rich until you have seven revenue streams." So, like, <laughs> I was always like, "I just, just had one massive one, or, or one ginormous one called the lottery." No, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I like that because it's like it keeps me in touch with things, and I like, I still don't want to lose that side of of doing car videos and and also now i have more content than ever available to me because i'm going yeah. places and building cars i'm driving cars and doing all this stuff it's like the channel's probably evolving mm. it's like i was doing that the a girl's guide to reviews and that sort of thing and people are now like oh that's too that, that sounds too journalistic we like you doing becky's adventures in her cars and that's the way it's all sort of starting to go so yeah i mean I'm just I'm I'm enjoying it going with the flow like we're getting up there now we're nearly at 70,000 subs and we're getting it's really nice to now not have the fear of posting a, vo- a video and it having shit views because yeah. like that gets to us all you know like you, you're just like, and but now it's it's really solid and I'm, I'm I actually enjoy it because I I am being completely true to myself and the content's something that I enjoy and I've had a good time doing it and it's really easy. It's, it's nice to just interact with people and be like, yeah, it's great. Like, <laughs> I, I love it. Like, yeah. And people are generally not that rude to me. I mean, they probably will be after this because they've heard me say <laughs> that. But yeah, people have, seem to just appreciate me for what I'm doing, you know? Like I'm not getting any shit. Oh, you think you know what you're talking about? All the rest of it. I, I think they can see that I genuinely enjoy my life and I enjoy what I do. Yeah. And that's super important. And it yeah. comes across when you make some content that you genuinely care about. And if you're talking about it or whatever, it comes across when you're, you're not or you're like, oh, I've got to go do this. Yeah. And I don't really want to do it. Yeah. Like you're sitting in that car going up the hill and you, you realize you've got to make a video that you're like, this is not that on the limit. It's not that exciting. The one thing I'll always say for anyone who's going into the internet, the audience can smell bullshit a mile <laughs> off. And it's true. It's like I watch, you know, we watch pieces of content and we're like, he could not give a flying fuck yeah, about this, you know. Pretty much, and and I just think I think if you're if you're in this thing, then you probably do love cars. Like it's something that you really do enjoy. So just do it justice, like and do yourself justice, because people are more happy to see someone doing something that they love than someone who's got an you know an ulterior motive as to be as to why they're doing it. Like, yeah. I, that's all I'll ever say about it. I just think just do what you love, enjoy it, and and that will always that will that will deliver in by itself you know yeah you, you, you said you, you're doing some videos which is like a girl's guide to yeah 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 whatever it was a car reviews yeah, yeah yeah um various cars and stuff and and i wanted to sort of come on to the fact of being a female girl lady woman Last time I checked. youtuber yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it weird being i say it's being weird it's, it's just your life now but yeah. do you find there's certain expectations on you being a girl rather than a guy or do you, do you feel like you get treated differently or it's just sort of you do your thing and that's that's how it is i mean i've always 
my I've grown up in this scene, right? I've grown up around the cars. So you have that whole thing of of like, okay, you're kind of an anomaly because there's not that many of us. Yeah. But yeah, online you are subject to probably a bit more criticism. But to be honest, I don't know. I've I'll be completely honest. Like Touchwood, I've always sort of done my own thing and people have just yeah. accepted i'm quite i'm quite like for forthcoming with it i'm like well fuck yous if you don't like it Do you know what i mean like like i've i'm my cars have always spoken for themselves you know yeah. like i've always built i'd say quality car like i've done cool stuff yeah you you know you do you do experience it you know i, I experienced it more with the some of the supercar companies, but that was more of a class thing. I, I encounter the class thing more than I encounter the, mm. the female thing, if I'm completely honest with you. I think people just sort of accept me for who I am now. Like, yeah, I am a chick, but it, they, as I said, the audience can smell bullshit. If you're really into it, they know that you're into it. And then did, what can you say? Like, that's pure honesty. Really. Well, that's it. Like, I've, I've met various people in this industry. And when, when I met you, straight away, I was like, you're clearly a car person. Like you're clearly into your into your stuff. It's a nerd. And you'd be talking about stuff. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But literally, I I I I don't know that much about that car. You are you're providing me with some serious information here. And straight away, I was like, yeah, you're you're like you're into cars. That's it. It's job done. Is your is your audience a bit different to? Well, I mean, I, I'm, people. I'm do, you know, always, do you have more girl followers? I wish I did. I'm sort of sitting at the 9% to 91. So very similar. So pretty much the same as everyone yeah, else. I'm I'm always like, I, I would love to have more female followers, but it's just, you know, it, it's a difficult subject area if they've not been brought up around it. Like, you know, I had this conversation with Marie Claire, uh, Marie Claire magazine. They were like, oh, we're going to do a a car section. I was like, mm. well, thank God. I was like, the reason why we don't tend to talk about cars or it's not subject areas because it's not in the information that's freely available. To, like, you, we have to go and seek it. Yeah. Whereas like, you look in GQ magazine, you look in Cosmopolitan, all the exact same sub subheadings and, and, and segments bar that they have cars and we don't. They have music, we have grooming, they have like articles of note, this yeah. sort of thing. It's just not served to us. It's definitely a massive thing that, like you yeah. don't get it just doesn't come up in conversation. I know no. my girlfriend talks about it because obviously I talk about cars all the time. Yeah. And so she sort of by proxy has to. Yeah. And she was saying when she was younger. So osmosis almost, like isn't her, it? Her dad, she's got a brother. Yeah. And they'd drive past some car and her dad would be like, oh, Mikey, look at that car. Yeah. And she's like, why did you not say, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rosie, look at that car. Yeah. But it's just... You know, it's not an intentional it's, thing. No, it's just, it's just, it's, it was traditionally and has all, like kind of always been like more of a male skewed topic area. Again, you've got to look at my background. It's like my dad was massively into cars and I grew up around it. It's like the analogy that I use is like, you know, if one parent's Spanish, one parent's English, you grow up bilingual. It was the yeah. same with me. Like I just, cars was just uh the blood that was pumping through our veins it was just part of everyday life dad had dad was after as dad right now at 71 years old is still involved in the fia and the msa is the uk delegate for drag racing as a whole oh, cool. writes the rules for it dad's always off going to drag racing things that you know it's just it's part of everyday conversation for me i don't know any better yeah but if you haven't grown up like that then i don't expect you to suddenly you know you wouldn't expect someone to suddenly be like, oh yeah sick cars you know <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe I could have been into horses. Mum always, I, I, but I didn't. I was but you're just, into cars. And it. here we are. And here we are. <laughs> Grand age of 27. But I have to admit, it's, it's it was a real turnaround for me because at 23, 
24, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was I, I, I was working this job in PR and I fucking hated it. And then it was just like, an, it was almost like an epiphany. It was a way of just like, wow, I can actually turn something that I love into into a career. And I'm so thankful. Every day I wake up and I'm like, oh, thank, thank God. Yeah. Because it's like, I, I enjoy every day. Like, I don't go to work anymore. Like, I just, I go and do my job and I love it. Obviously, the stresses and strains, that's natural, but... I wake up every day and I'm I'm like chill. I don't, I'm not chill. That's such a lie. I'm not chill, <laughs> like you, you know what I mean. I'm 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 happy. I'm in the right I'm in the right place. I'm doing what I was meant That's to great. do. Yeah. So before when you sort of at one point you were making the YouTube videos, then you trans- yeah. transitioned into doing this presenting. Mm-hmm. Do you quite like having more structured? Yeah. Job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alongside doing some YouTube stuff, rather than just like go make your own stuff yeah 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 no i i i love doing my own content but then i also love I, there's a slight part of me which is a bit of an anxious cat and it's like god what if the what if what, all my eggs are in the youtube mm. basket and then and then no one watches me and anymore. someone turns it and off someone just yeah. says no or they or, or i'm not flavor of the month anymore or, or something you know you know what the, the internet's like you can blow off and blow over real quick yeah whereas the presenting gave me a structure um b another skill a transferable skill mm. and see a, a chance to travel and try out travel and be around people and, and racing and all of those things like which is cool because you can experience it for a day with youtube and that sort of thing but when you're part of the team the traveling circus that makes a championship you're like you just you just become a part of it and i love that like once you start working for yourself it can be a bit of a solitary life sometimes yeah. you know like i don't know how some of the boys do these daily uploads and that's they just i'm like what it's, it's solitary, very solitary, and I'm I'm a social person. I like I like being around people. Yeah, it is, and, and that bit you just talk, talked about is huge because I've had it from sort of both sides. One, you go to an event as like a influencer yeah, type thing. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing, and then one I've worked at events, let's say as a photographer or that sort of yeah. thing. And when you come in solo as a YouTube person, yeah. people are like, "Okay, cool, you're here to do this." Blah 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 blah, and yeah. like off you go. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. You know, talk to people and whatever, but. If you're part of the team, it's a yeah. whole different experience. You know, you sit down with everyone, yep. you're chatting about whatever, you do your stuff, but like you're part of the family yeah. of the thing. And that is, that's really nice. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great place to be. As I said, Driftmasters, like we're all just, a, 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 I use the phrase traveling circus because we are. Like mm. my produ- I travel with my producer and my director and then you've got the commentary boys there and we're all just having a giggle and then you're going off with the content lads and you're doing that. You're just filming the VTs and everyone's there doing their job together. And then I get to know the drivers. I have a right crack with the drivers. Like the, my, my manager said to me when he came along to one of the, one of the races, he was like, is this a thing that the drivers see you and just try and run you over? Because <laughs> like, they'll, they'll see me walking down the pit lane and as a joke, they'll all just be like, what? Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I was yeah. like, that's a, te- that's a, that's an endearment thing. Like the guys said, that means that they're comfortable and they're happy with you. Yeah. They're having a laugh with you. And I can walk into any of the pits, have a crack with anyone really. I'm like, what's happening, kid? We've got to do a little interview. Is that all right? And I'm just there like, they're like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, don't know. Like, and you just, they just know, they know me and they all interact with me. And yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. And that produces, I'm sure at the end of the day, a much better result for the audience because yeah. you're just chilling and you're, you're good with everyone. Oh my God. It was, you know, I had this conversation with one of the drivers, Sebastian Fontaine. And I was like, Sebastian, obviously you had to bow out from the last run that you had to do because your gearbox had unfortunately completely dismantled itself mm. and he was i was like are you fixed and ready to go and he was like yeah you know the last run was a bit shitty but it's uh you know we're good we're good i fixed it so they did all this stuff and then he went out and his gearbox 
like blew up like halfway through the run and I spoke to him afterwards I was like what's wrong with you you know and it's like the co- the conversations that you have with the drivers are just they're just funny you know yeah. like and especially because I'm the first person they see whether they've just done a good run good run bad run one yeah. lost uh anything has happened really I'm the first I like, little not coming into yeah. the car and, <laughs> all right yeah yeah what's happening you all right and I was like what happened and he was like back no nah <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, and I just, yeah, that rapport is so important, I think, when you're chatting to drivers, because everyone wants to know who, who's behind the helmet. And if you can sort of tease these little bits of information out of them, and oh my God, like I use it all the time when I'm talking, you know, something that they've told me about them yeah. or, their, or their life or whatever. And it's like, it comes out, it just makes the interview so much more interesting. It's so much more interesting. It's the same I find with, let's say, with photography. Mm. I, I generally don't really take pictures of people. But I do if I'm going to a wedding or if I'm with friends and stuff like that. And it's just if someone said, you've got to go and shoot these people over there, get a portrait of them. Like, that is quite stressful because essentially with a photographer taking a picture of someone, you want to get a good photo. You basically have to come friends with them first. Yeah, well, you have to get to know who they are. Like, hello, I'm just going to... Yeah. Hi, I need to take a picture of you. Stand there, look over there, done. You're like, "Mm, it's going to look rubbish. Yeah. (laughs) It's quite, like, dry, isn't it? It's like, I don't know. But yeah, it it makes a huge difference Mm. hanging out with people and when everyone's comfortable, the end results are way, way, way better. Much better. And and that's the great thing about drifting as well. Everybody loves a drink (laughs) post-event. Everyone has a a good, you know, has a pint or ten. You know what I mean? Like everyone has a laugh and it's a lot of camaraderie. Definitely. No, it sounds sounds like a really great thing to be part of. Definitely. And uh, yeah, keep going. So normally, (laughs) as I'm sort of wrapping up, I have have a couple of questions. Okay. That I ask everyone. Let me get to the top. Have you got any pets? Have you got any pets? No, I wish I did. I tried to have a fish and it died. Oh, no. I'm never around. Yeah, that is... I, I would love a dog. Yeah, no, I hear you. I'd love but a dog. I'd love, but I, I, I quite like being able to go somewhere and not having to look after a dog. It's like having a child, you know. It's, yeah. about, it's about the same... Well, maybe not the same levels of responsibility. Childs do grow up and then yeah, okay. can do their own stuff. But it's like, it's like having a, a constant state of a baby. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know, but dogs are great. Dogs are are great. great. I love dogs. Okay, so that wasn't the first question, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So the first question. Yes. Do you have a most memorable driving trip or journey? Okay. Or because you've doing some drifting and stuff, it could be like drive at an event. Yeah, drive to an event or something. Or Or like during an event or something. But yeah, most uh, memorable, stand out. Most Probably the first time that I drove my own car overseas. I think I was about... 19 maybe 19 no was that no I was definitely old no it was when I drove red to Belgium for the first time and it was just this whole thing of like you know anyone who owns a classic car is like they play this game called what the fuck was that noise and um, (laughs) and this whole way there it's just me and my mate and I was like oh my god like is that rubbing is that and I just remember it was a really great trip loads of friends all the rest of it and we're all going over there for this car show but it was just super duper stressful and then I gave in to peer pressure coming out of the show and did this like one wheel peel. But then the force of me mashing the accelerator to the floor snapped my throttle cable. <laughs> so then I was like, well, shit, I'm in the middle of belt. And the reason why I remember it so much is because I spent the rest of the way home constantly panicking. So we got some tweezers and just pulled the throttle cable yeah. through. Got some gaffer tape, gaffer taped it up. So then I only had yeah. half throttle, but I'm coming all the way back from Belgium with like half <laughs> throttle. And then 
just yeah i think for me that was like an amazing road trip but i I, i'm i'm so i'm spoiled really when it comes to roads and that sort of thing you know stelvio pass lake como that sort of thing Mm. like love all that but yeah that one definitely sticks out. out in my mind taking your car like car to another country is really cool like yeah. being in another country surrounded by cars that are not english or whatever yeah. with your own car in your place it's just just good fun isn't it's it? a really cool experience and also it's like remember the days before the cameras were all linked to the uk <laughs> sound yeah like. i got a speeding ticket through from france the other day and Order. it was it was three miles an hour over <laughs> and i didn't realize that they came back yeah, dude, they're all linked. That's because all of us yobbos went over there early doors and just, yeah, they were like, we're going to have to do something about this. I thought it was going to be, you know, if you get if you get clocked at 150 miles an hour in a 70, then they're going to go then to the effort. Then you're taking a piss, yeah. But not three miles an no, hour. Mate, they're on, I'm pretty sure they're on the same circuit now. So, like, it just recognizes your plate. It just comes through. Boom, straight through. So, yeah, you get, yeah, you get a fine. <laughs> when I was in Germany with Patrick, the guy that I do all my filming with and, and works at the management company, he got done in Germany, but the best thing was they have almost like red flashes over there. And I just looked at him and I was like, did you see that? And he was like, no. And he'd just driven straight through a speed camera and I was just pissing myself because I was like just zero recognition. And then yeah. it came through in the post eventually. Well, it goes through the hire car company. Oh yeah, it? then you get you pay screwed 30, for admin fee. 30 euro fine, 50 euros for the admin fee, but it's just complete unrecognition on his face. <laughs> and it was brilliant. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Speed cameras. <laughs> Five car garage. Oh, okay. That's Unlimited amazing. value. It, the only caveat is it sort of has to fit into your lifestyle okay, okay. at the moment. Okay, perfect. Uh, go. go. E30 M3, simply because it was like the first dog leg box car mm. that I drove and it was just still sick, sick. Did and you then, have it sort of stock ish? Stock, stockish, yeah. Stockish with probably a set of, um, oh my God, what were the wheels that I always really liked on them? Like just like really nice magnesium BBS mm. or something like that. And then I would have a 964 Turbo. Ooh. Always wanted a, mm. a, like a like a 92-ish, because that's what the year mm. I was born. Um, really cool 964. 964, just love that shape. Really, really enjoy it. But Turbo, that'd be sick. Yeah. Um, then I would also have... You know what? I'm a really, really massive... Like the 812 super fast. That's kind of like dream car like mm. it's just so sick do you know it what i mean it's so sick it's sick like it's just awesome and the noise and it, are I you think a I... roof down type person no not really so not gts no well I, actually i did see that and it does look kind of cool does look cool does look cool but i just think that you know we're we're very much getting towards the age where like those engines are going to start they like, are they are going to die they really they, and we need to sort of keep them um and then and then and then and then a, a 66 chevy nova Okay. Because yeah. there was a guy called Larry Larson in the States who was a drag racer and he used it as a 10.5 car or something. And he drove this thing, ma- like mad sounding. It's awesome. Absolutely awesome. And then I'd, I'd get a 1959 Chevy Bel Air because that was the car that my dad had. And then we had to sell it because of stuff. But oh, I, cool. And then I'd, I'd, I'd give that to my dad. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, modern car. Old car, American car, two Germans. Yeah, that's a that's a sick lineup. That's good. And then like the the Bel Air would just be like, I'd give that to my dad. Yeah, yeah. nice, yeah. nice. Okay, if you could only drive one car for the rest of your life, oh, piss. Mm. Um, the caveat on this one is there seems to be a little bit on each one is you're allowed like a absolute banger for Actually, chucking probably... stuff in or whatever if you needed to lug stuff or kids or whatever around. Uh, M5 competition. Ooh. 
Because you know what a 610 brake? It has bum massages, it has mm. air fresheners, it has every bit of like mod con luxury stuff, but it's an animal. It's yeah. an absolute animal. If you take that thing, if you take the traction controller off that thing, you could you can even drift that thing. Like no mental. Absolutely loved it because it was just a complete autobahn killer. I really want to um to drive one of those on a track. Yeah. Because I've driven one on the road yeah. and I've turned off the traction, re- done the rear wheel drive Mm-mm. thing and it still had tons of grip. Yeah. So. Yeah, like that's what I mean. It's like, it's a, it's just quick and Super it's comfortable quick. and it's a real sleeper. So I think if it had to be for the rest of my days mm. and we're trying to sort of incorporate all the things, it has to be four doors, space, yeah. fairly like aggressive looking. It'd be a black on black like Jobby. So would you say you're more of a BMW fan than the other German brands? don't know i think i'm just slightly brainwashed because i've had one for years like <laughs> i do i do appreciate i love mercedes I, I do love them like they're great but it's just i don't know what it is it's like bm's just been part of my life for a long yeah. time and because i have that sort of nostalgic feel towards it as well because red is you know she was the she's the grandma she's the mm. grandma you know like <laughs> she started all of this and then i mean christ i mean i've looked at some of the new some of the new stuff that's coming out now and the kidney grills are out of control They've like, gone a bit nuts. No, I think not I saw nuts. a new seven series or something coming the other way, the other day, and I swear to God, the kidney grill was bigger than my head. I was like, whoa. Yeah. But anyway, like Red's, Red's is like Red's is like probably that big. You know, it's really tiny. But you know, I think I, I don't know. Maybe it is just uh, BM is just a big part of my life. But I, I wouldn't say I'm pigeonholed to that. Yeah. Like, I do love the other brands. I think they make they make some really badass looking cars still, and exactly. a lot of the other brands. Yeah. don't well, that's the thing it's like when i was looking at that when i was looking for my new daily it was i was looking at c63s and stuff like that and i was like it's just not as bow enough you know and like, <laughs> I was like and the f80 i was like Ugh! like yeah. you can make them look so sick like a yeah. bit lower bit this bit that like bit carbon there bits that there yeah. yeah it's gonna be good <laughs> <laughs> okay another question okay what's the most undervalued car at the moment Mm, undervalued so something you look at and go hmm that's worth more than it costs or you get more out of that than it costs i mean i tried i drove that new ranger raptor the other day i'm starting to get a thing for pickup trucks like Mm. they're they're relatively cheap my friend like 30 grand they're huge though yeah 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 you'll get around that but like they're utility vehicle wise and Mm. also they're just cool i'm just thinking about it from the point of view like well i can tow with it I can put yeah. all my stuff in the back <laughs> in it. I can take friends in it. I can do this in it. Like, it just becomes like, I don't know, so much room for it. Do you tow? Do you have a towing license? I'm doing that in a couple of months. It's something I need to do. Yeah, dude, I, I, I really want it because then I'm self-sufficient with the car. But yeah, undervalued, undervalued. That's a really good question as well. Should give me some time to homework these. No, the whole point is you don't have time. Off the top so we get to hear your brain process. Okay, yeah, undervalued, undervalued. Everything's quite expensive and everything's dropping at the minute as well. Which well, yes, exactly. Like, so potentially you go, market in is... three months' time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do think that there's definitely stuff that's starting to come up cheaper now that I would probably get myself into. Mm. What that is off the top of my head, I'm just trying to think. I don't really know right now. Tricky. It is tricky. Very good question, though. I like that. Fair enough. If you've, if you've got nothing. I, I occasionally look at random stuff and I'm like, oh, I'd love a track. I would like a track car that I can drive to the track, drive on the yeah. track, drive home. Um, and since I've got rid of my BMW, I can't uh-uh. do it with that. Uh-uh. Um, and I was looking at old Cayman R's. Yeah. They're unbelievably expensive now. 
They're like yeah. 40 something grand. I was like, what? Jesus. Well, I thought they'd be like 20. Yeah. So, no, that went out the window. No, it's, I tell you what, I do, I do think are good fun. Like, you know, the little Clio, the little Clio cup cars. Mm. That's, you, you can get yes. one of those for fairly cheap and they're, they're loads of fun. They are loads of fun. Loads of fun. Uh, but that's the thing. I'm, I'm a little bit out of touch with the the new the the new car, the newish car market. Like, yeah. I know stuff like when you're going into sort of modern classics, that sort of thing. There is stuff which is starting to really pick up. I mean, the fact that I bought my 21 for two and a half, and now they're not going for less than eight, is like, yeah. and that's for like a bit of a manky-ish one. Yeah, yeah. I definitely get myself into something. E36 coupes are fl- uh, M3s. Yeah, they are flying away. E92 is actually the you know the V8 E92 M3. That, that is, sort of must have bottomed out now. Yeah, I think you, you, can pick, you can pick one up for like sort of they they're getting towards the twenty grand mark. Yeah, but, but they're great. They're, again, they sound great. They drive great. That's definitely something. Yeah, if you were looking for like a track car or just something fun, fast to drive. Yeah, they're good. I've always liked the E46. If you ask me which M3, mm. ignoring the performance levels or whatever yeah, yeah 46 just, is the one that like if someone said to me you're going to build a, a drift car for example yeah i'm like mm. an e46 ignoring whatever amount of effort and yeah. might be involved like a wide body e46 i'd love that yeah very cool okay last question oh what, <laughs> what is the most interesting car to you at the moment so that could be something you've googled loads or like come across or you're looking mm-hmm. at in the classifieds mm-hmm. or whatever what's the most interesting car for you right now most interesting car to me right now. I would say, have you seen the new 2020 Corvette? Yes. Yeah. I've been looking at that a lot simply because I, I, I was, I was like, I can't believe how kind of cheap it is in a way. It's $60,000 sort of starting. Mm. And the way it looks is incredible. Like I really, really enjoy it. It's still American like muscle. It's like, it has all of those things. It's the classic excesses, yeah. but yeah, I think it looks like like a supercar almost. Like it does, and I just think it looks sick. But because we don't get them, we don't really get them here. No. And if we did, I they're like expensive. Yeah, I just think like that is probably one of the better looking cars that has come out during our time this year. I saw the race car version of that. I bet it's sick. It looks badass. Yeah, I can imagine. The Corvette race cars have always looked badass. Yeah, but yeah. this is particularly badass and has a great sounding engine. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like. Stuff like that just still really excites me. There's a 1970 Stingray, which I've been looking at a lot recently, which is, you know, 25 grand that I really don't need mm. to, don't need to spend. <laughs> but still, it's so ridiculous. But yeah, that, that at the moment, I've, I've had my, do you know what? I, even asking, asking me these questions right now, it's like, I've really had my head down in, uh, in, in modifying and, yeah. and drifting for this entire year that I've almost sort of been like, ooh, what, what is actually going what on? What is going Apparently, on? Apparently there's these electric cars. <laughs> <laughs> Have we seen an electric drift car yet? Yes, there's a guy called, I think it's Woodham, I think his name is. Yeah, it definitely. No, they had it out in the States. There is, a, there is an electric drift car. Yeah. Very bizarre to watch because you're just like, well, I can see the smoke, but I Why can't the hear the noise. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, amazing that they've managed to get it to work. I mean, realistically, the amount I, there's no reason why it shouldn't work. Like it's got the torque. Yeah, it's so got yeah, it's power. I think yeah. I, I remember. I think I remember hearing about that, and then mm, mm. slight they sort of got to drive it down the road, whack it on a supercharger, and then bring it back for the next <laughs> next round. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Anyway, cool. Well, thanks very much You're for coming welcome. on. Had a great time actually. Good to have you here. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, it's great great to be here thank you well good to have you on cheers planning for your next trip 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.